Hi, I'm Shiv. And I'm Chitra. We are the co-hosts of this show, Software People Stories. We are happy to bring you stories of people associated with software as makers or consumers. In every episode, we talk to people on their own personal and professional journeys, their interests and approach to work and life in a free-flowing conversational format. We hope that you will be able to draw your inspiration from their experiences and insights. These podcasts are made possible by PM Power Consulting, who have helped individuals, teams and organizations on their delivery excellence journeys. this edition of the software life cycle stories today i'm in conversation with gopal who is the managing director of global automation and also a partner at pm power consulting in this conversation we talk about his personal transition from an individual contributor to a leader and the lessons that he learned underlying the style of letting others do managing peers letting your natural instincts play a role how one can manage divergent priorities between the individual and team aspirations significance of opening up and talking managing customer expectations and of course managing one's bosses and their bosses being empathetic to understand the other person's compulsions and nurture a positive trusting relationship the importance of feeling secure and confident and liking people for what they are how he handled the first escalation and also we close with a simple formula to be at peace with one's environment and enjoy life listen on hi gopal welcome again to the podcast thank you shiv it's a pleasure but since the time we spoke last there are a lot of things that have happened including the, now we call this software people stories so where people started sharing more about their own experiences what they learned and then the uh, format of being a natural conversation also was something that most people liked so we'll continue the same thing sure but this time i thought uh, we could probably go into one of the themes that might be useful for all our listeners which is on leadership now you have been through different roles last time you spoke more on the technology or the technical challenges and some of the stories associated with that i thought maybe now we can talk more about uh, your own transformation into a leader and what probably you learned some of the funny things obviously you know we want to keep it light not become a very management workshop but at the same time things that people can take back and apply them in their context certainly i'll be delighted to share okay. except i hope i get the right perspective to present it but it's something close to my heart so i'll be very happy to share those things so the first question is uh, how was your transition from an individual contributor to suddenly when you were called the leader maybe a tech lead or project lead i don't know what is the first leadership role that was assigned actually the very first leadership role was when i was in new zealand uh-huh. and uh, i was happy just being an independent an individual contributor and i was happy to work with others but i never really knew what it was to be responsible for somebody else's work <laughs> so uh, you know they just assigned two college uh, interns and uh, asked me to manage them okay. and 
those were days where you know people didn't really have any exposure to computers unless you worked in a computer company as a, particularly if you you know any exposure to development or software was not really that uh, common and so and i had no clue how to mm-hmm. even talk to somebody okay uh, to tell them how to go about doing something so it was very strange and these two girls were also going to be there only for a month okay and uh, they were supposed to produce something i was completely clueless so the month went by and then i i told my manager i don't know what i did i don't really know how to even guide them and he said no no i only thing is every time they came and asked you i noticed that you just sit, sat down did it and told them that this is it and they were very happy to do that you should never do that okay. you should make them do rather than you doing it uh, yourself so that was my very first exposure to actually thinking about it that mm-hmm. is if you if you want to get work out of uh, others uh, you should first restrain yourself from getting on and rolling up and actually doing it it is, which is the very first lesson i think i learned when okay. it comes to uh, it's not leadership so to say it is more about how to manage the work output mm-hmm. of somebody else that was probably my very first exposure where i really had somebody saying that they are looking to me to say what is to be done and they will do it so it was very funny <laughs> so that's my very first recollection after that uh, i guess i again went back to being an individual contributor for a couple of years and my very first uh, real exposure to uh, leadership was when i did my first project as a project manager in, in tata boros at that time so the actual project was going to start and i was told that i need to be the project manager but the good thing was i was very technically involved very first specification it was a very technical project the very first phase was just my be myself i just went mm-hmm. to the client site and did all the initial work okay so it gave me an advantage in knowing exactly what needs to be done mm-hmm. inside out mm-hmm. so many times you see people get into the role when some of the things had already happened so they they find it hard to grasp the fundamentals of what really triggered the project to come to that stage okay so i had this advantage of starting in a project very early and then that was my first time i had a team of about 5 6 people okay but it didn't really feel like uh, uh, managing because they were more like peers i mean we were all mm-hmm. more like we've known each other and except for a couple of people who were like couple of years or one year younger than me okay. everyone was like at a peer level so it was uh, not really something which i felt i was leading mm-hmm. but uh, naturally i fell into the role of a facilitator okay. so i was only sitting around with them learning from them and then once we together said i will do this you will do this and we kind of shared the total tasks that were there mm-hmm. it was only just going around and ensuring that nobody were really getting stuck and getting them together to solve each other's problem and that's how i learned my first exposure okay. in uh, leading or managing a team of 5 6 people so it was it was good and when it worked out i reflected and learned i think the most 
the important thing to do when you want to do some of these things is to just let your natural instincts uh, play a role mm-hmm. and just accept them for what they are and get the best out of them so i learned a lot of okay. lot of lessons about how to work with people how to get them to contribute i learned a lot of things through that one project actually nice so were there situations where uh, even though they might have been peers or maybe slightly junior where their priorities were different from the project priorities or what you wanted to achieve through the team yeah even in this there was one very very major such difference that was there <laughs> i i don't know i might have shared this uh, i've shared this with many people it was it was one of the best lessons i learned in my life in that project so there was this one person who was assigned who had a bit of a history i mean he uh, unfortunate history in the company <laughs> okay uh, he got into some kind of a trouble with another developer mm-hmm. and they were both kind of looked with some tainted uh, glasses saying that they are troublemakers and they don't cooperate and they don't work mm-hmm. and all lot of things mm-hmm. and he was one of those guys who was very reserved he just doesn't okay. open up okay and uh, when everybody said that he is going to be a major point of worry for you i don't think you should i want take him in the team and all that mm-hmm. uh, i didn't know how to react okay so after like a day or so and i found him very quiet in the meetings others others were all very uh, vocal and participative so i called him aside and i said i need to talk to you then uh, he said okay and then we just went out and we were ta- walking and we were just talking about what happened i said i heard some stories about you what happened mm-hmm. he said who cares about my side mm-hmm. i mean they only have stories oh, right? i said i okay. do i said i do care and i want to know what really happened mm-hmm. and he explained and uh, to me it appeared that he was genuine and he was uh, very honest in explaining what really happened mm-hmm. and i felt for him okay. and i told him see i i don't think that i can do anything to correct that mm. but if you are going to carry this and continue to prove them right by behaving in this manner it's only going to affect you over time right and uh, miraculously that seems to have made sense to that guy mm. so he just from that next day he completely transformed and he was one yeah. of the most positive contributors in the team and he had taken the role of testing the whole product oh, wow and the guy did such a great job in testing mm. that the clients when they did the first acceptance test when they ran through it uh-huh. except for two minor bugs which were actually not as per specification okay there was no other bug that was found and as well as the developers had to be great developers his job as a tester was just immense so okay. that was a incredible lesson uh, in the sense that it made me believe that everybody is like an individual with lot of feelings some experiences some baggages the most important thing to do is to have that chat with all of yeah. them and open them up make them realize and you know have some uh, understanding of what that person is going through mm-hmm. you can really make them contribute because you can't do point fixes you need to make their mind more mm-hmm. at ease and get them to contribute so lots of lessons and that was the, again a great lesson that i learned very early in life
nice. I've heard of uh, you know, management by walking around. This seems to be more of management by walking together. Walking together. Yeah. And talking. Yes, right? definitely. Yeah. So, so far you gave some examples about uh, the transition in terms of managing the work or managing the team together. When it came to managing customers, you said in the second project, you had an opportunity to go as an individual contributor, understand and so on. But many times we hear these stories of uh, either mismatched expectations or customers say something, we think they said something, etc. And then when you are responsible for delivering it, have there been any surprises or uh, lessons? Definitely surprises have been there. But yeah, the many times such mismatches happen more because of lack of uh, communication or gap in the understanding between you and the customer as much as if, if you are responsible for delivering something to somebody and on the one side you have a team and you have the people who are contributing to building that deliverable and then there is the other side where there are people who are going to receive the deliverable and actually going to be using it. We focus a lot in many of these project management or leadership workshops about teams within. Mm -hmm. you know teams that work for you teams that are close to you and stuff like that but if you only extend it to include your customer in your team okay. and say they are playing a role of accepting something that you mm -hmm. do and they are the real users they mm -hmm. really know what is needed and once you understand that and you are able to actually address them and communicate with them and connect with them and keep that connection to get them to understand what is to be expected, I think you have a much higher level of success. There are customers where we have actually been off contact except to send every week a status update saying it's progress. Mm -hmm. At the end of the project, we found that the customer had completely different expectation from what we were building. Oh. So much so that we had to completely write off that account <laughs> and we lost that whole effort okay and that, that they were hard lessons hmm. but most of the times i think that uh, it is very important to include the customer also as a team member and mm -hmm. have that close connection i think some of the newer philosophies address this very well but hmm. it used to be that you are completely cut out from the customer and then you get into issues because of that okay so i'm not sure if i answered your question directly but yeah, no, this is really useful because the aspect about the team or the people not being part of your span of control and then the need to include them and they need to be in touch. I think that is a very important point that will be. Now, we talked about uh, managing teams and then managing customers. How about managing your bosses? Because as suddenly when you are thrust to be a leader, uh, like you mentioned in your first example, probably there are a lot of unknowns or things are not very clear. General direction saying, yeah, now you go do this. So how do you manage bosses? When, when, you, when you become I, a leader. Uh, it's been a while since I managed bosses. I, I think that you don't really need, I, I, I have a feeling that when it comes to people, while we use the term manage, uh, it's not so much manage. It's just, just like, you know, being with friends. I mean, I don't think that you should uh, objectify uh, people based on whatever that we know about them or they are this kind of character, that kind of character. I, 
I kind of try and avoid making those observations about people. Okay. They will be there. I do have a lot of observations. I might have even made fun of some of those things and so on and so forth. But uh, whether it is manager or whether it is a team member, the best way to deal with that is to jointly address it as a situation. For example, um, I had a situation where in which I had a manager who was managing me, who had a manager who was mm -hmm. also close to me. Okay. And the, my manager and his manager uh, mm -hmm. were not the best of friends. Okay. And they had a lot of issues. There was different uh, strong opinions about each other. Mm -hmm. And because this manager's manager had direct access to me, it used to put me in situations which are not necessarily pleasant. Right. And um, the the problem is that neither of them are wrong in their uh, in whatever that they are trying to express as their disagreement with the other person. So mm -hmm. my manager would say he is doing like this. He is not considered all these A, B, C, D. And then uh, I tell him, why don't you tell that to your manager? I mean, he he's reasonable. Yeah. He'll say, no, no, he's not reasonable. He just doesn't listen to me. He doesn't like me. So he won't even tell anything to his manager. Okay. Whereas his manager will tell me, your your boss doesn't even uh, know this, and he doesn't. Yeah. I, and I tell him, he does know. He doesn't want to tell you why. So sometimes you get into those situations which make it unpleasant. Mm -hmm. But the best is, uh, in my opinion, just trying to be very frank and honest about whatever your opinions are and then share it and by then i think they also know that you are not really wanting to play and then they just change so okay. most of the times i think when we deal with managers one of the most difficult thing is we don't know their compulsions mm. i think right. i'm sure that some people who were in my team would have had this problem with me mm -hmm. because they wouldn't know what my other compulsions are yeah. which sometimes make me appear very illogical okay so and they give me benefit of doubt because you know whatever reason mm -hmm. similarly i i try to say that if that guy is be my boss or my manager is behaving in one particular way i try to see whether there may be any compulsions that is making that person him or her behave the way that she or he does and then try and see if I can address it in any meaningful way. But okay. sometimes you are restricted in your view. So mm -hmm. particularly in corporates, this can happen. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if you are, you know, as a, I face situations where I, I was younger and I was more, you know, reactive. Mm -hmm. So I have said this, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. There is no way a company can function. Okay. And you guys don't understand. Most of the times I used to, as I was growing up, I used to think that managers are stupid. I mean, this mm -hmm. is the kind of uh, image that I used to mm. start with. Mm. Then I realized that they didn't get there for nothing. They, mm -hmm. they had done something right and they have gotten there. But in your view, they are not doing it the way that you think they should do. So you think that they are stupid. So okay. it takes a while to get that maturity. But... I don't think it's it's as long as you know manager is after all someone who is trying to get you to do something that he can assemble. Mm -hmm. So he is definitely interested in you, and you need to make him understand what are your constraints. Yeah. And most of them have helped. So, and also maybe I am lucky. I get good people mm -hmm. above and below. So actually, that leads to my next question. Many times you may not have a choice in terms of the team 
that you have, particularly in large corporates, you're suddenly asked to be a manager. Related to that, but not in the corporate. I know that over the years, you've built a very solid team in global. And you're also a very, very people-oriented person in that you also establish this connect with everyone. Now, how do you avoid the pitfall that you mentioned of skip level management or contact? When you go and talk to, let's say, a pressure who has joined, the team lead or the manager shouldn't feel threatened or shouldn't feel that something is getting bypassed. So how do you avoid that? Exactly. So the, the key point there is the somebody feeling uncomfortable about the fact that you are skipping levels and you are talking and all that. I learned again from my past about mm -hmm. um, most of the most of these things happen because of insecurities in the minds of people. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think we all should work hard is to give everybody a sense of security mm -hmm. and don't make them think that, you know, they, they, it should be very transparent. I mean, if you just try and not play games, mm -hmm. if you just uh, if you if you just behave that way and not do anything that would make it appear like I'm something is being done secretly behind my back. Mm -hmm. So that that's one of the things. So, you know, you need to basically be sensitive to such feelings. It's not that mm -hmm. uh, you don't offend anyone. I'm sure that I have offended many people in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but whenever I came to know about it, I try and go and directly confront them and say that, you know, that was not the intention. Mm -hmm. I did it because of these reasons. It may or may not be valid, but I want you to know this is why I did what I did. So when you keep that connect going all the time and you are not trying to hide anything from anybody, people are generally more secure. Okay. And once they have that sense of security, and also good thing is most people are pretty capable people. Mm -hmm. I find that people who are capable generally find a secure uh, feeling about themselves in any anything. So they are strong and confident people that have been there in my teams most of the time. And so there was no sense of security. But, mm -hmm. you know, I remember that even in college, there was this uh, one, one faculty member who had a bit of uh, hearing problem. Okay. And uh, it had affected him psychologically. Hmm. So he always thought that people were talking about him. Okay. Even when nobody is talking about mm -hmm. him. And he he's, he's at a position of power and you mm -hmm. are a student. Mm -hmm. But he used to think the students were talking about him, laughing about him. And okay. he was very, um, very upset with this mm -hmm. whole thing. But actually nobody <laughs> did. Yeah. And uh, it so happened that I got very close to him. Mm -hmm. And he was such a wonderful guy. Mm -hmm. But everyone thought he was a very vindictive guy. And he thinks that he doesn't, uh, you are laughing about him. So he, okay. so these kind of things happen more due to misunderstanding. So mm -hmm. one of the things that you need to do naturally is to like people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you like people for what they are mm -hmm. and don't have much expectation, all these come very easily. I don't think you need to make any effort to do that mm -hmm. so skip level i think that it should be flat everyone mm -hmm. should know that they are there only in a hierarchy only because of convenience and it is not that we were born in any hierarchy so mm -hmm. that's all yeah. brilliant in fact this is something that we come across and we also talk about it uh, when we are building these high performing teams agile coaching and all that uh, called as the vulnerability based trust 
So it is not just trust. It is, are you trusting the other person or the environment enough that you are okay to expose your vulnerability? If you are weak, you will trust that the other person will not take advantage of you. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I think yeah. definitely. To does. sustain that. Yeah. Now, to complete the picture um, for today's conversation, again, uh, going back to the transition from an individual contributor to manager, those kinds of times when you have, how do you handle escalations? Because one thing that um, I have gone through myself and I see a lot of unproductive time that teams spend whenever there is an escalation, normally from a customer, to just keep the line of control updated rather than actually go and solve the problem. So have you gone through any of those where uh, you spend more time in you know, PPTs rather than you know, code or actual work? Well, um, lately, no, but uh, in the early part, when you are in a corporate mm -hmm. with, again, huge corporate clients and you have some managerial layers that can, uh, uh, that do want to establish their uh, presence by creating such issues mm -hmm. and all that, where you have really no choice. You need to mm -hmm. build a few PPTs and stuff like that. So I don't think you can fully escape that. But, you know, in the kind of setup that I have been with for a few years now, that has not been a major issue. But uh, typically what uh, what I, I recommend, you know, even when there is escalation and all that, in the hierarchy, in, in the escalation hierarchy, mm -hmm. everybody should be kept in the loop and yeah. everybody should be given a choice to explain mm -hmm. whatever that happened and seen with a very objective uh, frame of mind mm -hmm. and address it together. So okay. even if I have, I am at the third level of the hierarchy and somebody at, at some level three down is actually the one that is uh, creating and this has come up because of that person's okay. action, I would still take that person into confidence and work with him to address that uh, situation. Mm -hmm explain the escalating parties objective and why they are bringing it up and mm. you know bring them together one of the one of the founding things one of the very basic things i work with is i never intermediate between people okay i am not a mediator okay so many times when there are conflicts when there are such things i try to get the real people at the root of the conflict mm -hmm. who are really against I try to bring them together and let them settle it directly mm. rather than mediating. Okay. Mediation is more to prepare them mm -hmm. to be more open about the other person than anything else. Okay. That's one of the principles that I think works wonderfully when you are particularly when you are building teams. Mm. You don't want to mediate. Do. You don't want to. So escalation will also minimize if you have. Mm. You know, even within a team, you can get escalations where they will say so and so is not doing. And so you need to kind of all the time bring the conflicting parties together. Uh -huh. I think that that's where I think it makes your job easy as a leader. So wonderful, Gopal. I think the lessons in transition from an individual contributor to a leader, when you step into a lot of unknown boundaries and it looks like this predominantly liking people, liking to work with people and enjoying your work. Does that kind of summarize what you said? Exactly. If you do that, then you really don't work. It just becomes part of you and you just enjoy what you do. So mm. 
it's 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 uh, it's excellent uh, to to be that way just to liking people itself if you just cultivate that i think life becomes a lot easier and happier thanks gopal and, and uh, just to like they do in the, all these serials i don't want to close this i enjoyed this conversation and in future we do want to have more of us also sharing our own experiences so we will come back to you i'm sure that uh, you'll have more stories to share when we have the next conversation i'll be more than happy all i have in my life is only stories so anytime anyone says i will listen to you i am ready to give stories so thank you very yeah. much thanks enjoy if you like the show and would like to share your experiences with the community or know someone else who might want to do that please get in touch with us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com there is podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com please rate the show on podchaser stitcher iTunes or any other podcast client that you find us on please also share our episodes with your friends and others in your network if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on our show do write to us at this email address podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com